Before history is written, it's played. Before it's frozen in time, it's fought one shift at a time. Before it's etched in silver, it's carved in ice. What happens next will last forever. The Stanley Cup Final on ABC and ESPN Plus begins Saturday. We took it all. We brought them to our land. An endless night. Ember hot and icy cold. The rage of the earth. We made this curse. Carved it in the blood on our backs. We did not see. We could not, but she did. And in the end... What will I become? Senwa Saga. Hellblade 2. Play it now with Game Pass. I had to go about it, write it out. is the final word australia we west indies daily adelaide day one the show is brought to you by seabus super jeff lemon over to you for the 30 second summary okay australia put the west indies in to bat and mostly it went pretty well bowled them out for 188 but that was largely thanks to win a 10th wicket partnership of 55 uh, between the debutante shamara joseph uh, one of barrett's favorites and kemar roach although kirk mckenzie made 50 batting at number three four wickets for cummins and four for hazelwood australia two for 59 in reply is there 123 behind is that no well something like that 120 ish yeah. um and they're two wickets down with green batting with kawaja and who took those two wickets? Oh, Shamar Joseph, should have mentioned that. Um, batted well, made 36 on debut at number 11. Um, we'll come back to number 11 scoring runs on debut when we get to the Hall of Fame. Um, and then rocks up and takes a wicket with his first ball. First ball in Test cricket. Now, Barat, uh, Adam and I were talking about this on Storytime just last week, the last edition of Storytime, about Arthur Coningham who took a wicket with his first ball in Test cricket in the 1880s or 1890s. Um, and how it was a very rare club. There were only 22 members of that club before today. Now there are 23. Um, and, and you spoke about taking him to find an arm guard and a cricket set, cricket kit for his little son who was bugging him to get one. Well, whatever has happened, the luck has worked. Um, look, West Indies didn't have a great day, but in many ways that seems to have been sort of uh, glossed over by the fact that Shamar Joseph did have a great day. But that's the beauty of sport, right? Like at times, yes, I mean, results and outcomes matter, but it's a fairy tale nature of sport that really, at least at least for some of us, that's, that's what tugs at our heartstrings. And uh, Shamar Joseph, I will never tire of talking about the backstory that is Shamar Joseph. Just, just think about it, right? Two years ago, he'd never even bowled with anything but a tape ball. Uh, takes his big punt on his life, moves to New Amsterdam, the closest town from his village of Barakara. Just randomly rocks up in a house and next door to him is Romario Shepard, Guyanese cricketer, who says, oh, you're good. I've seen you bowl here and there. You should go for this bowling camp where Sir Kirtley Ambrose notices him and says, okay, I'm going to keep an eye on him. Then he takes a punt, quits his job uh, working for the security firm. And literally 14 months later, 
he's getting Steve Smith out of the first ball, and that was such a lovely press conference we just <laughs> attended, where I asked him because if you uh, if you're watching the telecast anyway, he ran in and didn't bowl his first ball, then he ran back. I thought he missed his run up, but you know he's so honest. He said, "No, I was just nervous. I was bowling <laughs> to Steve Smith." And uh, how many times did he say Steve Smith during Pro the press probably, conference? Probably, <laughs> I'm going to say 17 times. Yeah. He said he he talked about how Steve Smith was one of his favourite players, how he loved watching him play, and how he just got so nervous running in that he couldn't do it. He went back to the top of his mark, thought about it again, thought about the ball that he wanted to bowl, thought, I want to hit the top of off stump, which, if we're being very specific, he didn't, because it was further back of a length than that. I mean, it was a great delivery, but not necessarily a deliberately great delivery if he was trying to hit the top of off stump. Bit of swing in the air, um, but it angles in at Smith, and Smith is so keen to move across his stumps, and he did that. Um, Smith opening the batting for yep. the first time. He whacked a couple of boundaries coming across his stumps, and, and just picking the ball really off a length. They weren't short balls, but they were just length balls he was clobbering away through mid-wicket. And he looks to go move across against Joseph, mm. but he gets the ball angling back in at him, and then I think it just moves away a touch as well. Bit, so yeah. he sort of defensively pokes at it as it's coming at around about the bottom mm. of his rib cage, I suppose, that sort of length, uh, and it skews off the edge into the gully where it's taken. Um, good catch as well. And, and fortunate they did take that because Usman Khawaja got dropped, uh, what was it, the first, the second over of the game, Alzari Joseph, the other Joseph. We've got yep. a double Joseph, a Joseph mm -hmm. off. We're joeing off um, here during this test match. But, uh, you know, that was a good delivery from Alzari Joseph that was quick. It took the edge. Um, it looped through to De Silva behind the stumps. He had time. He leaned across to his left. He didn't need to dive. Mm. Just hit the heel of his glove. It's like he stopped watching it in the last few feet into the glove and, and it bounced away. And so, you know, so often you see that really punish a team. But I suppose if he'd taken that catch, then the nature of time being what it is, probably um, Shamar Joseph doesn't take a wicket with his exactly. first ball in tests. So maybe it was for the best. I don't know. I think it was for the best. And uh, speaking of that catch of Steve Smith as well, Justin Graves on debut takes that catch low to his left. It was a, and we've seen Pakistan put on their shambolic slip catching performance yeah. uh, for that to go to hand. Uh, and then the celebration that followed, Shamar Joseph ran and ran and he said in the press conference, if he was allowed, he would have jumped over the stands and just run, kept, kept running Imran <laughs> Tahir's style. But, uh, the Forrest Gump. The Forrest Gump. Caribbean. Exactly. But no, because he had to come back and take another wicket. Manas Lab and this time with yep. the short ball, Manas uh, was going after the short ball, wasn't he? He pulled uh, a couple of previous occasions off mm -hmm. Shamar Joseph. This time, yep. went for the hook, not the pull. Uh, tried to clear fine leg. A very good catch again from Gurakesh Moti. Uh, and Shamar Joseph on a day where, yeah, he kind of took West Indies' score from being extremely poor to... Poor, uh, I guess 188 after Australia won the toss and elected to field under cloudy, gloomy skies here in Adelaide. There's a bit of drizzle in the air as well. It was raining in the Adelaide Hills where we are. Uh, uh, he does that and then finishes the day mm. with a wicket of his first ball, Steve Smith, and then of Marnus. And then when you asked him about the Marnus wicket, what did he say? <laughs> I, I said, did you enjoy the second wicket as much as the first? And he said, not at all. It was Steve Smith, man. It was Steve Smith. <laughs> and I'm like, well, the other guy's pretty good as well. Yeah. Arguably better in the last few years. Um, but he has got out pulling a fair bit, mm. Manus, lately. I don't know if that's just confirmation bias, if I think it's happening more often. But it seems to me like he wasn't... A, I don't remember him being a player who got caught at fine leg or caught gloving yeah. by the keeper much, and that's happened a fair bit recently. So um, that's interesting. Kawaja just did the sort of Kawaja yeah. thing, which was just be in a completely serene bubble yeah. and just come forward um, a little bit, hang back quite a lot, um, just, just smother everything that they could throw at him tick over a little single here or two there you know had one luscious cover drive for four but 
um, played within himself for the most part, didn't seem to even notice the wickets that went down around him. So he's there on 30, um, Cameron Green's. At number four, what's he on? Six yep. is he on yep. uh, overnight? And Green, you know, rifled one. He didn't even rifle it. I mean, he, he just punched, just back foot punched through cover point. Real economy of effort sort of shot for the boundary that he had. So it'll be interesting to see whether he can do something at four. Smith only made 12 his first time opening, um, but they've got a, a lot of time ahead of them. But it all traces back to deciding the bowl. I, I liked that. I thought that was an aggressive yep, yeah, move. Much so. If you're Australia... In, you know, the conventional thing is bat first. But if you, if you know there's a mismatch, if you bat first and make a big score, then you've got that awkward third innings thing of if you bowled the other team out for a couple of hundred and you've made 400, then how long do you bat for in the third innings and so on? This takes that out of the equation. If you, if you're, and you could, I guess you could say it's arrogant. Maybe yeah, it is. Um, but if you, if you genuinely think that you are, you're supposed to beat this other team handily, then what you want to do is bowl first, know how many they've made, make however many you need, bat once, and then bowl them out a second time. So that's that'll be what they'll be shooting for. It was interesting that it was the two openers kind of did their their job for a little bit. It was Brathwaite and Chanderpaul doing a little bit of what they did last year. They got through the initial Stark and Hazelwood spell, and then as it's been so often, mm. Pat Cummins comes on, immediately makes a breakthrough, gets rid of both openers. Yeah, first time since 1980 that an Australian captain won the toss in Adelaide uh, and chose to bowl. And uh, I was doing commentary with Ian Smith, and he said, like, you know, if you're Akima Roach and the two Josephs, you should be feeling really proud of yourself because the last time Greg Chappell did that, the bowling lineup in the opposition was Roberts, Garner, Holding, and Croft. <laughs> <laughs> so, uh, clearly, but that's just classic Ian Smith. Uh, so, clearly, uh, Pat Cummins is respecting uh, Roach and the two Josephs. But, look, I think, I guess it's a sign of having a bowling captain as well. And you spoke about Pat Cummins breaking that opening partnership, but there was a period what leading into that wicket where 40 balls were uh, not scored off. And I think that was a problem the West Indies had throughout. There were either, like, there were just three outcomes. Boundary, dot ball, or wicket. Mm. And there were hardly any singles taken. In fact, yep. uh, I, I, I remember well into that last wicket partnership there was an over where Roach and uh, uh, Shamar Joseph rotated the strike to three singles in the same over I think that was the only over yep. I might be wrong but there were multiple singles in yep. the same over that's kind of was a story of uh, the West Indian innings uh, but yeah Pat Cummins breaks the opening partnership brilliant delivery to Craig Brathwaite uh, and, and and then Josh Hazelwood does what he does in Adelaide runs through the middle order yeah gets on a roll takes four um, including McKenzie who did bat really well he, he sort of he lays back and, and, and oh, slashes through gosh. the offside, left-hander, nailed a few. Did that classic thing when you're really up against it, though, of reaching exactly 50 and then nicking off immediately. It wasn't a bad shot. He just got a really good ball from Hazelwood, I think. So I wouldn't put that down to being his fault. There were a few shots that, that were the fault, or non-shots, I suppose. So Alec Athanas, who's the uh, current excitement machine, yep. who, who made let us all down. The new Jermaine Blackwood, perhaps, I don't know. Um, hopefully, the, I mean, yeah, Blackwood awesome. did did produce some did, some yeah, fine innings in time. He was, he was a sort of frustrating early mm. career player. Athanas left a ball that didn't really do a lot, to be honest. It was from around the wicket, it angled in. I don't think it seemed much, um, but he left it alone and it castled him. And then, yeah, there was the um, you know the big slap straight to short cover, um, mm. which was, I mean, as far as ways to get out go, it's it's among the more frustrating. Yeah, and then Joshua da Silva, I was a little disappointed because it was, it was the just most daft. Yeah, it was just the most basic plan. Pat Cummins had the two guys out. He plays one pull shot straight to square leg. Yep. Okay, 
then attempts another one, gets a top edge, uh, just clears mid on. Next ball tries it again and doesn't go full blooded either. Mm. Tries to help it and uh, hits it straight to Travis. I mean, it was a good catch. But there there were two out for it. There was a deep, there was deep square leg. There was a fine leg. There was a mid wicket there saying Cummins is going to bump you a bit. He played one pull shot earlier in the over that he got a top edge to and it happened to land safely behind square. And what does he do? plays the same shot and yes he rolled his wrist on it he was yeah. trying to keep it down there was too much bounce on it but you know it's a big top edge it soars out to Travis Head and it was Greaves wasn't it to hit the one to cover he did, yeah. as well so a couple of those kind of annoying dismissals mm. especially De Silva having made 100 yes. in the warm-up game and then dropping a catch yeah. it's not not a great start not a great start, <laughs> a great actually, start on yeah. Australian soil as far as the test matches go um, and then yeah it, it, so it ends up being Hazelwood four Cummins four yeah. um, and then then Stark mm. towards the end picks up one line gets the last Last wicket to fall, but when they're nine down, you're like, you know, they're nine for what, 133. Yeah. So they're they're cooked at that point. Yeah. And and I just I like the fact that it was the player on debut went, okay, well I'm gonna. He, and he took a little bit of time. He did. Took yeah. a couple of overs, sort of assessed things, figured out what he could do, and then just starts taking down. And it was Hazelwood particularly because he's bowling on a length. Um, he was because he's bowling on a length. He goes back and goes all right I can tee this off the top of a length and he had the confidence to do exactly that um, and smacked him yep. initially through mid wicket then he rifles one back down the ground that almost takes out his opening partner uh, a couple of overs later he bangs one over mid wicket for yeah. six and uh, I don't know it was it, it was he wasn't afraid and, and and then my favorite bit of all this might almost be Hall of Fame is that they take the extra half hour to try the bowl <laughs> yeah. out before lunch and he just keeps making runs through the yeah, extra exactly. half hour um, and, and bats past the lunch break and uh, I asked Josh Hazelwood about the dynamic of the dressing room now that Steve Smith uh, was not there and he was going out to open. And Josh Hazelwood said he kept f- trying to figure out what was going to happen when that extra half hour was taken, whether uh, they, they, they will take the extra half hour, because obviously Steve Smith was already thinking about uh, opening the batting. But before we even move on, Kirk McKenzie, uh, you spoke about him making that half century. His father gives him mid- two middle names, Sanjay and Alex. Sanjay for Sanjay Manjarekar, Alex for Alex Stewart. So Kirk McKenzie Sr., big cricket fan. Okay. So Kirk McKenzie Jr. It's an interesting couple of players it to is, pick. It yeah. is, yeah. And when you think it, that It's no Ratch and Ravindra. No, you know, not he's not really. going for the obvious ones. <laughs> exactly. So cool credit to Kirk yeah. McKenzie Sr. Considering Sanjay Manjarekar would have played his last test in the Caribbean 11 years before young Kirk was born. Uh, but then Kirk McKenzie Jr. grows up idolizing Chris Gale. But when you see him bat, he bats like Wavell Hines. So it's a lovely mix of all these cricketers mm. All rolled into one. Uh, uh, only guy to get to get to a half century. Uh, looked good for more, but uh, then he gets out. But like you said, the opening bar, the last wicket partnership, uh, sort of kind of brought that game alive, didn't yeah. it? Like, even the Adelaide crowd was cheering Shamar Joseph on. Everybody loves a last wicket partnership, except the bowlers. Uh, let's go now to the final word: Hall of Fame. We took it all. We brought them to our land. An endless night. Ember hot and icy cold. The rage of the earth. We made this curse. Carved it in the blood on our backs. We did not see. We could not, but she did. And in the end... What will I become? Senwa Saga. Hellblade 2. Play it now with Game Pass. 
the Hall of Fame where we pick our most final word moment of the day. It's brought to you by Seabus Super. That's a superannuation fund. That means they look after Australians into their retirement. Over 900,000 of them. That is a lot of people. Is. Um, that is, I don't know, one twenty-fifth of the population of this country uh, is with Seabus. And, and some of the population of this country, they're not old enough to have superannuation yet. So, you know, it's a higher proportion of eligible people. <laughs> um, I'll have to work that out for another show. A- an average of eight. 0.99% return on the default MySuper fund over the last 40 years because they turned 40 this year. Past performance, not a reliable indicator of future performance. Sort out your super if you haven't. Get in touch with them. Uh, what jumped out at you, Hall of Fame worthy? What what did, what tickled your funny bone today? A couple of things. Shamar Joseph, I mean, he had to be part of the Hall of Fame, had faced three balls in international cricket. That, uh, look, and uh, West Indies batting first, so he's basically spent all of seven minutes out there in the middle and his shoelaces come off and he gets Manus Labushain to get him shoelaces tied up. I think I'm going to stick my neck out and say that's the earliest anyone in their career has asked someone from the opposition to tie their shoelaces <laughs> seven minutes into international career. That was one. The other one I did tweet out was very, very mighty South Australian. There was a, uh, a Balfour and it was a windy day as well and it was swirling wind. It didn't come from yep. the north or the south. So there was a lot of debris floating around and there was this, just before the lunch break, this uh, uh, rogue Balfour's rapper, and Balfour's mm. is what, been South Australian since 1853. Sure. Uh, kind of the state is built on the solid is. custard, <laughs> the brick, brick-like custard filling of the Manila slice. We had a couple which, of them as well. well and, and by the way, and Adam White's been tweeting about this as well, he's yeah. been working with on the radio, what doing with the coconut in the filling? What, why, why are you putting coconut in the I icing of a vanilla there. slice, Belfour's? What's going on there? That's not. We don't need. It's like when you go to a bar and, and the bartender's like, "Oh, here's my spin on a martini, <laughs> mate." Damien, I don't need your spin on a martini. All right, martini's fine as it is. A martini has got where it is because it's a really good drink. The vanilla slice is doing great. Every country bakery in, in this right. entire nation makes the country's best vanilla slice, according to them. They don't put shredded coconut in the icing. Sort that out. Somebody get down to the factory, whoever the Kerry Packer at Belfour's is, get on the phone to the factory and tell them to go back to the tried and true. A few passion fruit seeds and a little bit of yellow food colouring, fine. I'm prepared to cop Fair that. Enough, yep. Coconut, no. You've got to call it something else. Don't call it a vanilla slice. Call it something else and it won't sell, I'll tell you that. Sorry, go oh, on. Strong there, strong from yeah. Jeff Lemon. But, I'm not uh, going to hold back on the important things. Fair enough. I mean, at least the vanilla slice we get is for free. Uh, so that's some, one less thing we can complain about the... Uh, but yeah, but that rogue rapper floated. It's a matter of principle. It is. Not I, a matter of finance. I agree. I agree. Sorry about that, Jeff Lippin. And sorry. Come on, Balfour. Pick up your game. So this rapper floats in onto the mm-hmm. outfield, Adelaide Oval, goes past a few fielders and settles nicely behind one of the two mighty South Aussies on the field, Alex Carey. And it just rests there till the lunch break. I don't know what happened to it later on, but it was just a, a very romantic South Australian moment for me. Yeah. Yeah, it was one of the strangest times that a rapper has interrupted a performance since Kanye West and Taylor Swift. <laughs> what else today? The, the, the fact that at some point you, you realise I'm going to need to start looking up stats here be- <laughs> because Shamar Joseph is batting and yeah. he's get, get, getting into the 20s and then into the 30s and you get into niche stats like, is this the highest score by a number 11 for West Indies on debut? And indeed it was. But he keeps going up the list and by the time he's out for 36... There are only four scores higher oh, really? by any number 11 on oh. debut. He's levelled up with Norman Cowens, who yeah. made 36 for England um, in Perth at the Wacker in 1982. 
And then ahead of him, there are only a couple of others. Um, and, and there are only a couple of genuine number 11s among them as well, because one of them is Warwick Armstrong, who made 45 not out. I don't know why the big ship was batting at 11 on debut. Maybe they didn't realise he could bat yet, but he goes on to make six test hundreds. He's not a true number 11. Cool. Um, so he kind of morally... He technically counts, cause, but morally not really. And Ashton Agar, who, who made 98 famously at Trent Bridge, tops the list, number 11 on debut. But again, he wasn't really an 11. He sh- probably should have batted higher than that if they'd realised that he could actually play. Um, so, yeah, there are only a, said a couple of genuine 11s, and I now realise I can't remember who they are. But really, in terms, in terms of... You know, maybe, maybe Shamara won't turn out to be a genuine 11. No, um, I don't think he so. was asked if he wanted to move up the order, and he said, 11's <laughs> working out for me fine so far. So I like that. He'll take yeah. what he can get. Yeah. Anything uh, else? No, I think we've covered everything on day one uh, here at the Adelaide Oval. That is the final word. Australia, we West Indies daily. I am Boris and the Racing. This is Jeff and, uh, Jeff and Lemon. Jeff and Lemon. Jeff and Lemon. <laughs> George Jeff and <laughs> Lemon. George Jeff and Lemon. Uh, and we'll see you tomorrow. We there will. Yeah. Day, we two. Will for sure. Day two. Patreon.com slash the final word. See you soon. I had to go.